Let's give Jesus the hand praise. Let's exalt him in the house. We have done the will of God in this place tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I believe there's a great deluge of the power of God remaining yet in this service here tonight. Praise him one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Smith. And I asked him not to say anything, but he did it anyway. So thank you, Brother Smith. I am so thankful to be here. And I want to introduce you to Africa tonight like you have never been introduced before. Hallelujah. It's not even Africa. It's Africa. Africa. And I need the sound of a drum. I need a few beats on this bass drum. Because that is Africa. Hallelujah. Nothing was ever more enjoyable to me than living there and working there and sharing with the Africans. Let's praise him one more time and then you may be seated. Woo! Hallelujah! Whoa! It's the sound of Africa! My voice is about gone, but I wanted to start tonight with a sound that is a war cry and a victory cry. I'm telling you, we are waging war against the devil that's trying to steal Africa. Hallelujah. The Ethiopians and other Africans as well. It's a sound. You get a hundred thousand doing that same thing and put it under one roof and you got big feet or you got war, one or the other. Africa, Africa, Africa. You may be seated. My hair turned gray before my hair really turned all gray. Because many times in Kenya, out in the bush, not the bush is the bush. The floors were made out of mud, dried cow manure, and cement. And you get several hundred people stomping the floor, shouting, the drum beating to where it jarred your entire body, just like that. And all of that floor broke up, and the dust thereof filled the house and settled on my hairdo. And with the hairspray and the dust, it made a formidable hairspray. 
let me introduce you. Africa, known as the dark continent. 11 million square miles. Population, 1 billion 111 thousand as of 2013. Religions, a much greater Muslim influence in 2014. In 2002, 40% Christian, 40% Muslim. The spread of Islam has changed the boundaries geographically as well as in number. The Arab slave traders hundreds of years ago moved down through Northeast Africa and through the continent, capturing thousands and enslaving them and converting them to Islam by the sword. Christianity entered Egypt and Ethiopia in the first century. Islam is especially active in almost every country in Africa. Some of the statistics, and this is just a few countries, because they are countries we'll speak about here tonight. Nigeria, I have been only through Nigeria, but Nigeria is the most heavily populated country in Africa, 177,096,000 souls. Strong, strong Islam presence as well as Christian Christianity and tribal beliefs. We have a wonderful pastor from Nigeria in this place visiting tonight. In Ethiopia, 86,614,000 in this year, 2014. Only 23,000 in Ethiopia when we entered Ethiopia in 1968. Since the 1960s, there has developed a huge apostolic population in Ethiopia. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It started with the Trinitarian movement. It started with the young people in the country. More about that. Kenya has 43,291,000. Kenya is blessed. They have freedom of religion. They have no major religion. There's Christian, Protestant, Roman Catholics, some Islam, indigenous, and then you have your other types. In all of these countries that I have been in, there is a strong presence of witchcraft that dominates those who have benefit of education. When we first entered Ethiopia, the call came to us in 1959, we had just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and God visited us with that call uh, to the country. We didn't even understand it, but we were obedient to it. We were appointed in 1966. There are a lot of things that happened through those years from 1959 to 1966. But check the dates because during that period of time, of seven years, as things were so discouraging, my husband had been very sick. It took two years for him to be healed. 
Uh, hardly anybody felt like we would ever go to Ethiopia, but I felt like we would go to Ethiopia. Hallelujah. I did not give that up. And in one of those days when it really didn't seem like it was at all possible, I asked my eldest daughter, pick up the Bible and read for me. And when she opened it, she read about the seven-year release. Hallelujah. That at the end of seven years, there was a release from indebtedness and whatever. And I lifted my hands in that little trailer that we lived in with our children. And I said, Lord, seven years. I'm not going to beg you anymore. I'm not going to say anything for seven years. We were appointed to go to Ethiopia in October 1966. We were seven years old in the Lord in November of that same year. God kept his word and in the seven years. And then the two years of travel and preparation to go. And in our journeys, there was no uh, kind of uh, uh, financial help. We just were put out there and we prepared ourselves. And finally, in 1968, the door opened for Brother Wendell to go in. I and the children traveled later in January of 1969. When we arrived in Ethiopia, there was a persecution of Pentecostals that had already started. This was against the Trinitarians called the Mulawingel or the Full Gospel Group. The restrictions became very heavy. Two government ministries controlled us. The educational division and community developed. Travel restrictions, printed literature, hugely regulated. And the restrictive state church, the Orthodox Church, that would not allow us to even publish a tract. If it even something that just had Bible scriptures in it, no, if we let you print that, you would empty the churches, the Orthodox churches of Ethiopia. But there's something that had begun in the country of Ethiopia, and it happened among the young people. It, uh, and, and our church, as our church was born, it was primarily between the ages of 18 and 35, unmarried and strong and wanting to have something. Hallelujah. And all of the restrictions... They began to come down in a heavy way. We didn't understand it then, but the security, the head of security in Ethiopia, who claimed to be an Orthodox, was actually a Muslim, and he watched everything that we did. As the work developed, and Brother Wendell started out of town one day to go to the south of Ethiopia and there to take care of a problem, the, the man called me. And he said, I want to speak to Reverend Wendell. I said, he's not here. And he said, yes, I know where he is, Miss Wendell. When he gets back from Awasa, tell him to call me. He's not supposed to be going to Awasa. You see, when we arrived in Ethiopia, the persecution had already started in these things among the Trinity Pentecostals. We didn't really have a place to start. And my husband had helped uh, some young people that were uh, studying at a technical college and staying at the YMCA uh, to go over and help them on a project. They were doing something for the leper people that lived in a certain community because of their leprosy, because of their 
uh, because of their disease. They were pushed back. They came to the streets today uh, at day to beg. And then they went back. Some of them lived in holes in the ground. Branches were pulled over the top of the holes in the ground. They slept there at night. The next morning they came out with the same rags on. And they went to the streets to beg. The second day or the day after we arrived, Brother Wendell took me over uh, to where these people were. He left me in the vehicle and he went over the hill uh, to see about something. And they crowded my vehicle. They didn't have any hands. They just had claws for hands. Most of them didn't have any nose on their face and their eyes were uh, falling down. They were. Uh, I'd never seen anything like that. I'd never smelled anything like that. They put their hands in the car. I would not close the windows. And as soon as my husband got back, I said, uh, honey, uh, I need to go home. And he looked at me and he said, Bobby, uh, we are home. This is our home. This is what we have prayed for for nine years. And we're here. And this is it. And see these people? These are our people. This is what God has given us to start with in the country of Ethiopia. The leper people, the lowest form of humanity, the beggars that lived on the street. Hallelujah. I have in my possession here tonight, I brought it with me. I rummaged around in filing cabinet last night. There were so many things or night before last that going through my mind. And there was a letter that my husband had written to the emperor of Ethiopia. Even when we were in Bible school in Texas, I have the copy right now in his handwriting. It's been in the file. I typed it for him. It was a letter to the king of Ethiopia saying what we had received, the Holy Ghost, everything that God had done for us and our burden and our love for the Ethiopian people. And he's the last thing that cannot throw it in the letter. We shall be waiting your reply. Well, we never got a reply from the king, but we did get into Ethiopia. And then there were the lepers. There was no freedom. Uh, we couldn't even get tracts printed. They would not allow it. And when my husband told me, these are our people, Bobby. If there's a church in Ethiopia, it's going to start here. The one thing I understand about missions is commitment. I wish I had a thousand dollars for everybody through the years, Brother King, that I've seen in a service that's come up to me after a moving missionary service and said, I had a call. I had a call to the mission field. You don't had a call. Hallelujah. His gifts and his callings are without repentance. And my husband said, if there's a church in Ethiopia, it will start here. I said, I didn't mean to go back home in the States. I just want to see my children. As I prayed for them during that night, and we went back the next day and took our four children and our girls as they dipped out. We went by the ho- hotels and got the food scraps from the day before and took big spoons in these plastic buckets. And my girls dipped out the food and gave to the leper people that lined up that covered their hands with rags or a tin can or something. And it was put in there. 
Well, you know what? When we reported on everything and how expensive everything was and, and how difficult the ministries were, we got our letter back saying, maybe you need to come home. Maybe it's just going to be too much uh, that you can't do it. Maybe you need to come home. Uh, uh, there was not money for other things uh, uh, like what the government was requiring out of us. And when I got that letter and read it, I looked at my husband and I said, you see these alarms? <laughs> I don't want blood of 23 million people dripping off of my elbows. Whatever we have to do to stay here, we're going to stay here. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't need tourists. Sightseers. We need people. Hallelujah. I know that Africa's to the day. We've got qualified men in all these areas. And in with this offering tonight, it's going to make it possible. We have a council in Africa now made up entirely of national men. Praise God. They felt the call. They're able to help them. They're going to get the job done. It's going to be a day for Africa. But we can't divorce ourselves from the responsibility of the prayer and the giving. Customs, everything, sick kids. But you don't run. You don't run. Praise God. One of the preachers came one night. And he said, there's a family that needs us. There's a feeling and there's a sound to Africa that is in my blood. My call to Africa has never been rescinded. It's never been withdrawn. It's still there. And I still feel the same passion. I still feel. Hallelujah. I almost feel like going home when I go to Africa. And when I ask my children through the years, when is some of the happiest time you ever remember in our family? We remember Ethiopia, mother. We remember our time there. It was wonderful. Oh, yes, there was a lot to put up with. But oh, my. Oh, my. And when the man came and the preacher said, uh, we need to go pray for him. They have four children they're all under the power of Satan. The witchcraft was everywhere. Everywhere. There were dolls made like us put in the driveway for us to drive over. And we just drove over them and went on and didn't worry about it. But when we got to that home that night, there were four children under the powers of hell. There was a little boy, six years old, that was all tied up. His hands, his feet. Tied up, rolling, twisting on the floor. I had a little boy, nine years old. I was touched by that little boy, and I stooped down, and I said, Simi, my no son, what is your name, child? And he said, Simi, Diablo Snow, my name is the devil. And he spit on me. Sixteen-year-old girl was unconscious laying over on a straw mat on the floor. One girl about 12 years old screaming, every breath screaming. One scream right after another. 
Another one with her eyes like a serpent going this way and that way. It's Africa. It's Africa. Hallelujah. You don't have to go to Africa to find witchcraft anymore. Hallelujah. You can go to BB Arkansas and find it right now. Hallelujah. It's camping out in our country here. And there are women that are knocking on doors that are wearing Brooks Brothers suits that's preaching voodoo in this country. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time to be stirred about the harvest. It's no longer just about us and our churches having a good time. No! Praise God. We prayed three hours. No demon went anywhere. My husband said, we're going home. We're going to pray there. They're coming to church in the morning. And in the morning they came. Nobody was screaming. Nobody was spitting. Everybody's hair was combed. It all looked well until we started singing. Men hati aten, yasibuwal, dim, bichano. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And when the word blood of Jesus was mentioned, every demon came awake and started fighting again. Hallelujah. We separated them. My oldest son and I prayed with one of the girls. And when I stood beside her, she wouldn't look at me. She turned her face. And I followed her. She turned her face again. I said, why are you doing that? She said, I don't want to see you. I don't want to see you. And I said, why? Why don't you want to see me? Look at me. Why do you not want to see me? And this is what she said. Because the name of your king is Jesus. But the name of my king is Legion. I said, but my king is king of kings and lord of lords. Hallelujah. And there's not a demon that can stay in a little girl. Hallelujah. That can recognize that. This is Africa. Africa. Hallelujah. Where there is harvest by the millions. That are ready. Hallelujah. And I said, Satan, come out of her. And this is what he said to me in a masculine voice. Uh uh. Look, there's four of them. Give me one. I have to see the bloodshed of one. And I will give you the rest of them. I said, no way. We don't bargain with hell. Hallelujah. 
We don't bargain with hell. We don't settle for just one. We want all four. We want all of Africa. We want Kenya. We want Ethiopia. We want Tanzania. We want Nigeria. It's time. It's Africa's time. I don't covet. There's a lot of things I might like to own or have or enjoy, but I don't covet. Only one thing, hope core, if I had their youth. If I was 31 instead of 81, hallelujah, I'd be sitting right down there with you. Or I'd be on my way to Africa right now. Hallelujah. There was something, oh my Lord, hallelujah, the sound of the drums in the night in Kenya. And I want to tell you the little girl was delivered because I said, no, we no bargain with hell in the name of Jesus you demonic spirits, come out of this child and give her peace and deliverance right now. Come out of her with a loud voice. And with a loud voice, Satan exited that child. She sort of went to sleep for a minute. Then when she turned around, she woke up. She looked at me and she said, who are you? Who are you? Where am I? It's a brand new world. It's a different Place, Brother Aviar. You know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to petition you tonight for the souls, for Kenya. Kenya is so easy to go preach. And people will run. I was all over the ladies' work there. I ride my little Peugeot car and pass my ladies running to go to the ladies' meeting. Maybe 10 kilometers, maybe 15 maybe 20 barefoot, got up and did their chores early, early, early morning so they could be at the ladies' meeting. And they run, some with shoes on, some without shoes. And pray, oh, my Lord, you know what, Brother King, you know what helped us in Ethiopia so much? The people that received the Holy Ghost, Brother Spell, they had a, a burden of prayer. They had intercession and they had travail. The ladies knew how to travail. These women gave birth to their children in mud huts. They knew what travail was and they knew how to pray and bring forth. Hallelujah. It's still, I don't know this change anything. Even this is a postmodern generation. Nothing has changed about travail and intercession. Nothing! And it's out of that that comes. I don't want to take too much of the time. I rarely can just stick to what I hope to. My time in Kenya, it was a, a wonderful time. I taught in the Bible school. 
And as I close, there's a lot of other things I wanted to to mention. When I see the word Africa, even in a newspaper, it lights up for me. When I go to check the news on the computer, I find out what's happening in Kenya, Ethiopia, and Africa. It's my heartbeat. Oh, I love you. And I just got back from Asia. I've been to Asia the last four years. I've been to almost uh, around 35 countries. Praise God. But Africa is what spoke to my heart. And Africa is still the passion of my heart. I would that I could escort all these youth corps or hope corps on a trip to Africa. I hope they get to go to Africa. It will change their life forever. There's a little saying. Uh, I was going to read a scripture tonight. St. John 4.35. Say not ye there yet four months. And then cometh harvest. But lift, on your, lift up your eyes. And look on the fields. For they are white already under harvest. The Sahara Desert is moving south. The Muslims, radical Islam is on the march. The war drums are beating in the Middle East. And they are making a sound that definitely will not be retracted. It seems that's what we'll be dealing with from now on. But in the midst of that, hallelujah, the war drum, the war sound can turn into a victory cry. Hallelujah. It's the same sound. Hallelujah. It's just that sound of victory that when God gives that harvest. At the Bible school in Kenya, there were some young men that came from the Congo. They were uncertain in their coming. It wasn't exactly like they thought it was going to be, and I think there were two or three that went home. One stayed. His name was Biaya. When I was appointed to go to Kenya, we had to leave Ethiopia. The revolution was building. The persecution was coming. Hallelujah. We baptized over 3,000 people the first year that we started baptizing people in Ethiopia. Then when I went back to Ethiopia in 1974, during that revolution, the church came out from underground and it had doubled to 6,000. And then from there on, it was just a steady crease. The, the revival in Ethiopia was a doctrinal revival. It was not a music conference. I don't mean that in a bad way. It was not uh, uh, some kind of book, inspirational book. It was the word of God. It was doctrine. It was the oneness of God. Hallelujah. That really penetrated the heart of the Ethiopian and the Africans. But when I went to Kenya... I did not feel that I had exactly what I felt like I should have in comparing it with my feeling for Ethiopia. And I did not feel that I 
in any way wanted to shortchange Kenya. I want to give them as much passion as I've given other places. The young man, Biaya, he could play the accordion. He spoke several languages. Uh, he was just sort of by himself, a Congolese student there among all the, the Kenyans. Brother Aston was one of the Bible school teachers then. And on one of our chapel nights, Bible school chapel nights, This young man stood to sing a song. He played the accordion. <clears throat> and this is his song. The harvest is plenteous, are plentiful. Tanzania, Uganda, Zambia, Sudan, Zaire, Ethiopia, Kenya, Malawi, and he sang this. All Africa is tired of worshiping three gods which are false. But now they're looking for Jesus. The chorus. Is there a man who's willing to die? Is there a man who's willing to give his life? Is there a man who is willing to cry and to tell the world that Jesus is still alive. Verse 2, there are tears in every part of Africa. People weep and cry for peace and freedom. Who's willing to tell them repentance, baptism in Jesus' name? And the Holy Ghost will give them peace. Verse 3. We are happy we Pentecostal people. For we have the truth within our hearts. Yes. But the harvest is plentiful. But the workers are few. Who's willing to go and reap for Jesus. I brought this out with me when I left Kenya. Because that night, when that young man sang this out of his heart, he wrote it himself. And when he sang it, that which I felt like was missing, that was not enough in my heart, it visited like a piercing arrow going through my heart and I fell off the front bench of the church and put my shawl over my head and I crawled to the altar and covered myself and prayed for that night put that burden on my heart that I felt would be what God would want me to have for Kenya. A little saying, we could feel things in Ethiopia moving. We could feel them in Kenya. The services were wonderful. 
And this is what it says. I stared out at the waves and thought about how beneath the beautiful surface, a hidden power was moving. So what we could not see that was moving down underneath and with Ethiopia developed into the revolution and we had to leave the country of Ethiopia. I kept my burden. I did everything I could for it through the years. In the 1990s, I was becoming very tired and I had almost exhausted myself going over three and four times a year and taking all kinds of things to them when God directed Brother Smith to help and to assume that burden on his heart for Ethiopia. It was a wonderful and welcome day and I appreciate him for doing that thing. And when I come to this point, I want to tell you that if there ever was a time for Africa, it is now. There is an encroachment on the country. Hallelujah. There's a political system that's moving in the country. And there is a horrid, uh, radical Islam that is moving in the country, taking countries and terrorizing them and whatever. If we're going to do it, we're going to have to do it now. Thank God for what you did in this service tonight. Not only did you get the Bibles to send to them, but then offerings were taken up that can help these men of God that are working in this African Union in Africa to see that this truth is preached to the whole world for a witness. And then, hallelujah, our Jesus.